you're about to witness the strength of geek knowledge. Hello and welcome. That's right, you're trapped in Nerd Cage Live. This ain't just a reaction show, but a debate show and a live discussion on everything that makes people like you and I tick. So thank you for joining us tonight on this bonus stream that is the Shang-Chi spoiler discussion. Please hit that like button and subscribe. I'm your co-host, Jay Sang, certified geek, seven days a week, coming to you live from Syracuse, New York, and always among us, our moderator and troll hammer, Joe from Fallen One Gaming, and always with me, the warrior from Wakanda, the fiend from Louisville, my man, Mark Withers, introduce our guest. What's going on, man? Super excited to be here as usual, and yes, we are doing a spoiler open spoiler discussion tonight on shang chi and the legend of the ten rings we got a lot to unpack here and so we thought we'd bring in our good friend wild band to kind of help us uh chop this up wild band how are you tonight what is up nerd cage family i'm doing good it's great to be back here on nerd cage once again uh i'm very uh, very excited to uh, get my thoughts out with you all about this movie awesome awesome we got a lot to unpack but yes, before we do, do that Joe, who do we have in the chat tonight? Uh, so far, only people talking in the chat is Shay Smithers and Norton's Chin. Uh, I see there's seven people there. Speak up and forever hold your peace. <laughs> right on. Guys, thanks for thanks for joining us. We know this is a little bit short notice, but if you've seen this movie and, and you've got something to say, feel free to chime in. Let us know what you think. Let us, let us know if you think of any of us are right or wrong because we all have varying opinions about what we thought about oh, this movie. Oh yes, we're going to debate tonight. And not to mention, this is our Simeon Pass, so we are here on Facebook Live and Twitch and YouTube. So, anybody out there on Facebook and Twitch, by all means, uh, chime in. This is exciting. We've, uh, this is our First official Simon cast because last week we had tech last Thursday we had technical issues, but we are Simon casting for the first time. And speaking of Twitch, Joe and I will be playing Marvel vs. Capcom 2 Tuesday night at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So uh come hang with your boys for our first ever exclusive Twitch gaming first ever gaming stream from Nerd Cage. Should be a lot of fun. And while we're on that topic as well, just in case you missed the promo, uh Special announcement that we made uh, Thursday. We are we are very excited to welcome the original Sindel, Leah Montalongo, um, who was the original Sindel in Mortal Kombat 3. She was the original Tanya in Mortal Kombat 4, and she was also uh, Serena in Mythology Sub-Zero. Uh, we're going to be doing this live Q&A on Friday, September 24th at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 7 Central. Please be there and listen it. Uh, this may be this is gonna be a poppin' stream, so forgive us if we can't get to all your questions that night. But if you don't want your question to be missed, submit your questions to us now, especially like on the Facebook live Facebook discussion group. Uh, we will definitely make sure your question gets asked if you submit to us early. So that being said, all that is done. Um, Wild Ben, since you are our special guest today, and you know you're you're a normal uh, normal guest on Nerd Cage, but we, I want you to give your general thoughts on Shang Chi first. Go ahead. All right, general thoughts. Um, I I on the way home from the movie last night, I, I found the perfect way to uh, get my thoughts across. I wasn't disappointed that it was a bad movie because by no means was this a bad movie. However, I was disappointed by the fact that I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. 
That is fair. Um, I'm kind of on the same boat with you. Uh, maybe a little harder. Uh, but go ahead and explain why were you generally like let down by this movie. I'll first say what I liked. Absolutely, you was the best part of the movie. He was like there were points like okay, like we, it's sometimes easy to differentiate an actor and a character that they're playing on screen, and I was experiencing that a lot less. Like sometimes like oh that's Simuli Yu, but then there were points like he's Shang Chi or Shang Chi as it's pronounced in the movie. Um, I love the fight choreography. That was absolutely badass. It was, and the, they they did a lot of really fun camera work with a lot of the fight choreography too. It wasn't very choppy. There were like a lot of long shots focusing on the fight choreography. That was really nice. Now, I personally am not a fan of Aquafina, so she was whatever wow. to me in this movie. <laughs> uh, the his, uh, Shang Chi's sister, she wasn't great. She wasn't terrible. Um, I liked Tony Leung as the real Mandarin, but he was great. He, people were like, oh, he seals every scene he's in. I'm like, okay. I mean, he's good, but okay. And one thing I can easily say I hated about this movie, they brought back Trevor Thank from you. Iron Man <laughs> Thank 3. You. Thank you. Why? I'm not the only Why? one. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was, okay. I go before I went to see Iron Man 3, I researched the hell out of like, oh, the Mandarin, Iron Man's number one enemy. I am pumped to see this movie. It's fake. So right, right away, I was absolutely disappointed with that movie. And then I heard like a week or two ago that he was going to be in this movie. Like, okay, well, hopefully they'll show him like killing him because I heard in the Marvel one shot, All Hail the King, like, oh, the real Mandarin was looking for him. Right. And apparently they were going to kill him, but then he became Mandarin's court jester of all things so and then he's in the movie for pretty much from when he's introduced to the rest of the movie he is in it for a good amount of time i was just uh i did not like that they brought him back for this movie um i thought the ant character was nice uh the the dragon we see during the final battle yeah, was michelle cool. yo that's michelle, michelle yo. yo she is a certified yeah. martial arts well she didn't start in martial arts she started in ballet but Mark loves her. We all love her. Like we're yeah, she's one of my favorite martial artists of we all time. She's fan. fantastic. She's Jackie Chan. Absolutely, hundred percent. Own stunts and own fights and like uh, Super Cop and um, 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 Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon are really the two. And Tomorrow Never Dies, even though she didn't really fight as much as she normally does. But those are her three big ones. But yeah, I, I at least liked her character. Yeah. Um, I, we have now have a new uh, material in the MCU because we've had Vibranium, we've had Chitauri, and now we have Dragon Scales. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, I thought the two post-credit scenes that we got were both meh, with the first one being the better of the two. But I was like, oh, like they're, they're both mind-blowing. And then Mark told me, like, oh, one of them's good, but the other one's not so much. So I, for me, I think overall with like my opinion, this movie was oversold to me, and I think I went in with too high of expectations. Yes, right. Same, same here. Uh, Mark and I talked about. But Mark, go ahead. I know you love this movie. We went back and forth on Facebook, and then we had yeah. they set, we settled our differences on our TikTok video yesterday. <laughs> so Mark, go ahead. By the way, we want to welcome Josh Bates. Thanks for coming in, man. Always nice to see you. Uh, Good to yeah, see you, man. Mark, uh, go ahead. Dish it out. I know you're the one that is like. You love this movie probably more than the, us, everybody else on the screen right now. Right, right. So, yeah, I probably, you know, had the highest opinion of this movie. Um, you know, and, my, and, I, and I thoroughly admit that my 
opinion may have been skewed by the fact that this was the first theatrical like visit that I've had in about 18 months. So I was hyped just off that and then seeing it like, you know, in a in a big theater and IMAX and everything like that, like it really amped up the experience for me. That said, I really enjoyed almost everything about this movie. I love the story. I love the chemistry between uh, Simu Liu and Aquafina. I like their friendship was really super believable to me. Like the back and forth that they had, like it really, um, it really seemed to me as th- as though they had been friends for about a decade, which is not something that like t- every two actors can do. Like I love the the banter that they had, you know, between each other. Um, you know, Michelle Yeoh, I cannot say enough like great things about her and, you know, like her contribution to this movie. I think that if anything was undersold in this movie, it was her appearance. Nobody's talking about that. But like the martial arts that she does in there, the scene where she's sort of teaching Shang-Chi yes. how to use his abilities, like that was that was to me, that was like a top 10, top 10 MCU moment. I really love that. Um, there were some things in the movie that I didn't really enjoy. Like I thought the mythical creatures, the, you know, like the sort of. The, the what did it, what was it like the chicken pig and like the you know some of the, like the, the, the weird looking horse like there was no reason to have those 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 um those images in there like they could have left that out and to me it would have been a much better movie especially since the CGI was not like where it needed to be and for I that and I think COVID had something to do with that it's just my opinion um, probably I have no proof I'm just speculating um because I really feel like based on when this movie was made whenever mm-hmm. they filmed it i think covid highly affected the quality i i think marvel did not put all the resources and and manpower into the cgi as a yeah my my theory on that is that they probably diverted as many of their resources as they could towards eternals because if you notice like kevin feige is like high on that movie because of the for uh, sure. because of the director yeah, like, exactly. You know, like the Oscar winning, by the way, I hate uh Nomad Land. But they're like I liked it. <laughs> I, I well I didn't yeah. the problem is I just don't think it, it was deserving of beating the other movies that it was up against. But anyway, but they're but they're promoting that movie like this is the for the first time we have an Oscar director, winner director for a Marvel movie. That's that's how they're promoting it. Yeah, um, for sure. For sure. Alright, so I'll chime in then Joe, I want to hear your thoughts. So I gave this movie a five point five um, I, I I went at it hard, but let me just justify my reasonings for it. Um, first and foremost, let, let me get the positives out of the way. Um, my two positives. It, well, actually, I have three. I have three positives. One, the fight between Shang Chi and the guy with the white mask and the ponytail. Death dealer. Yeah. Yes. Well, not the rooftop on the top floor there. Right. That was friggin' awesome. Like they they ripped the page off uh, Skyfall. Um, that was that was real hand-to-hand combat, like, and I that was just amazing. That that may be one of 2021's best fights, movie fights this year. And I'm gonna agree to what Mark just said earlier. Michelle Yeoh should have been in this movie more, but Michelle Yeoh training Shang Chi, excellent, amazing, Absolutely excellent. Yeah. And the third thing I personally liked, personally, that they kept Aquafina in the friend zone. 
They didn't. <laughs> I'm not trying. I'm not trying to. I'm just saying, like, I'm glad they didn't force the romance. They didn't force a romance. You know, they stayed friends. Wait, you know, even through the end of the movie. Uh, right. They kind of hinted, like the grandmother said, "Hey, you should marry him." We you know we really mm-hmm. like him. You know them the longest. You should marry. That's fine. I'm just glad they didn't force a romance story into the movie. I'm okay if like in the late if they do more Shang Chi or if they appear again. I'm okay if like maybe she'll have a near death experience and then maybe it goes oh I almost lost you, uh, Katie. Uh, let's get married or something. Mm-hmm. That's 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 <laughs> fine. But right now for this movie, I'm glad they stayed friends and didn't force a romance story. Which right. is a nice change of pace because every single goddamn Marvel movie has some kind of romance story, whether yeah. it's um, Natalie Portman and Thor or Pe- Pepper Potts and Tony, whatever. They always force that romantic story, and this time they kept, they stayed in the friend zone, and I actually kind of like that. I don't know yeah. why. I just feel like they did something different, and that's great. I think I can well, agree with that, yeah. Well, I, I feel like if they had tried to make, you know, cause a love interest between the two of them, I don't know that it would have been as believable as if they just sort of kept them platonic. Because that part of it, you know, like um, that part of it was really believable in terms of like just the, the natural chemistry that they had. And I think if they would have morphed that, tried to morph that into something else, it may have been too much. And they may have like realized that just kind of like as as they were filming it who knows yeah um but yes so the negatives okay and i I, i'm being critical as possible please understand i didn't go into hating this movie like oh my god i'm not because i'm perceived as the anti-mcu guy it's (laughs) i was excited for this movie because i'm a fan of asian cinema whether if it's toho golden harvest shaw brothers like i love asian cinema whether it's kung fu or Tokusatsu, that's my thing. It's in my DNA. I'm a life, life, lifelong Jackie Chan fan, and so on and so forth. Um, so that being said, like I, my, I had my expectations because I was expecting something fresh and different from Marvel, but they kept that same Marvel formula that's been working for them. I really wanted right. something different. Two, tacking on to what Wild Band said earlier, the hype, and I'm pointing my finger at John Campia. <laughs> who had the audacity to say this is the best martial arts movie since the raid i've never seen fights like this in my life and i just like so okay so i'm holding you to that i'm holding you to that nowhere if you ever seen the movie the raid nowhere close not even close yeah Anywho. so anyway the negatives the first act of the movie i felt like Kevin Foggy sitting in the editing room. Hey, put in, throw in a joke here. Throw in a joke here. Throw in a joke. We need more jokes. Put one in this. Put a joke in here. Make 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 a fast cut to another joke. The, they they forced way too many jokes in the early on in the movie. The second act, just when I was starting to like really like the movie, attacking onto what Wildband said. Trevor, what the hell? This man ruined Iron Man 3, and he ruined this movie for me, too. There was absolutely no reason to have him in there. I know, Mark, you disagree with that, but I feel like there was absolutely no reason to uh, have him in there because this is what this was their chance to distance themselves from Iron Man 3 with the Mandarin. Really hated that. And then finally, the third act. Some of the worst CGI I've ever seen, especially in a movie 
and I'm holding to the, to the Marvel standards, especially in a 2021 movie. I expected better special effects. And then finally, other than the two fights I described earlier, a lot of those fights, to me, looked very fake. You, it looked really, really, really CGI and choppy, and it was just not believable for me. I really wanted real fights, because like I said, John Campion saying these are some of the best fights since The Raid. Okay, well, The Raid had some really serious martial arts in this movie. This movie clearly had too much CGI fights, with the exception of that fight I told you about. The, there was way too much CGI fights, and it really, really bothered me. And the sad thing is, there was more real hand-to-hand -hand combat in Black Panther and Captain Falco, Fal Captain America and the Winter Soldier had, like, better hand-to-hand -hand combat than this movie did. And that's a damn shame because this was an Asian cast with an Asian director, and I was really expecting them to go full ham on some real instrument martial arts, and they failed to do so for me. Gotcha. Yeah, like you and I kind of talked off camera about that. And like, you know, my rebuttal to that is that I don't I I agree with you in terms of like when you compare this to like the raid and the raid two, like, but it's an unfair comparison because the raid the, the raid movies are designed like those fights are designed to be realistic fights. This is essentially like by all accounts a wuxia movie like it's it's uh it's traditional like old school wuxia fantasy like type style of martial arts and tony leung's character shang chi's father even says early in the film that he's going to find this village uh because the people there study a mark a style of martial arts that was passed down to them from the gods so that tells you right off the bat that the things that they are going to do are supernatural in nature yeah. they're not going to look like normal martial arts and if you look at a lot of the fight scenes particularly the ones in the where they're fighting in the village those are reminiscent of all like old school like Shaw Brothers and, and Golden Harvest Wuxia movies. Yeah. Like where, you know, like the like like the body positioning and like the way that they do the, the way that they throw a punch, the way that they throw a kick, it's designed to be that. It's not designed to look like Ongbak or the raid or anything that's like more realistic looking. I, that's and what so, I was kind of hoping expecting again, John Campia. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, he kind of and I and I and I understand your point of view, because if I went in expecting that I would be disappointed, too. But as a fan of the comic and knowing that like Shang-Chi's abilities are like sort of supernatural, yeah. I kind of like expected, OK, they're not going to do just normal martial arts, because then what sets him apart from any other person who really like knows kung fu yeah. you know so that's my rebuttal and 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 it's i i definitely respect your opinion i totally like get it yeah. but for me that was definitely not a breaking point like yeah, i was well, my, i was my pretty only happy to you is crouch and tiger hidden dragon which was a fantastical martial arts movie those fantastical fights looked more impressive to me than the fights in this movie and that movie was from 20 plus years ago you know? Right. And I can I can see that point of view. Um, but if you really go back and look at those fights, like really look at them yeah. like they I mean, for one thing, they're using they're using wires 
versus CGI, and that's always going to look better. To me, practical effects are always going to look better than than CGI. You know what I mean? Um, But, you know, some of the stuff that they're doing in those, like specifically like body positioning when they do certain moves, like the impact points, um, you know, when they're actually like when someone gets struck by like a kick or by a punch, like those impact points do not look realistic, yeah. but you buy it because you understand that like, hey, this is a wuxia movie. It's yeah. not like a regular like kung fu movie. And that's my point. That's my point of view with yeah, this. No, no, that, that's fair. Uh, Joe, we saw this movie together. Go ahead. Uh, I feel like you're kind of like the, the medium between all three of us when it comes to... Yeah, I, I really like this this movie. Um, I know we went and saw the same movie, but I know we went in there with two different sets of expectations. I feel that your set of expectations, you wanted this to be Marvel's version of Mortal Kombat, pretty much. You wanted it to be the quintessential kung fu movie of the Marvel series. And like like Mark said, this is more supernatural than that. So I I knew going into this that they were going to keep the same formula. It's an origin story when it comes right down to it. And Marvel has this, I wouldn't really say a lacking ability, but they don't usually nail the first movies out of any of their series. That's fair. Kind of stumble their way through it and then when they get to the sequel that's when they that's when they shine so i didn't really expect this to be mind-blowing in any type of way however i was pleasantly surprised that they told the story the way they did uh the drama and the action was felt throughout the entire movie um they did crowbar a lot of the comedy in so i did kind of feel uh taken back by it a little bit uh, putting Trevor in there for as long as they did. I mean, you can hint towards him. You can even put him in the movie for a, for a little bit, but they they dragged it out too long. Right. So uh, I did have some certain issues. Uh, some of the some of the stuff they did with uh, the dragon and everything almost felt like they were taking that from Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> or <laughs> or it, when he's riding the dragon, I felt like I was watching Never Ending Story. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it was, it was just certain things like that that were, that were kind of, you know, not really tough to watch, but it, it kind of had me scratching my head a little bit. But through and through, I mean, I like the special effects. I have to disagree with you with the special effects. I, I liked it, although I... Sorry. Yeah, me too. I am, I am kind of... I've settled into what Marvel has done for the last 20 years, so... You know, I'm used to their special effects, so I've come to like them. Where you're probably looking for a little more, <laughs> you know. So I, I, I was expecting better, and I, specifically for those in the chat, I'm talking about like uh, Morris, the the pig eagle thing, and then like the, those lions and the dragons. Like I'm talking about main, mainly the third act. Like those creatures, just it just did not. It looked like somebody, someone. It looked like a YouTuber put those together, and I'm I'm 100 serious when I say that. Like, so are you saying the atmosphere effects, not the like well, fighting? Well, about like the creature effects. Those creatures looked really, really, really off-putting, and a lot yeah, of I the agree. movie, you could tell it was green screen. Like a lot yeah. of the shots were green screen. It was painfully obvious. And then, like I said, when they engaged in combat, 
it just looked really tacky. Um, yeah, it just looked tacky. It just, it just bothered me. I really wish they put like, you know, more emphasis on the real on the real hand to hand stuff. But like, but like I said, even then, like I feel like, um, again, I have no proof, but I feel like COVID may have affected the the staffing, uh, the manpower behind the special effects. I have no proof, but I'm just. Well, I know, I know it definitely interrupted filming because correct me if I'm wrong. Anybody in the chat or here. Um, I'm pretty sure they started filming in like February or March of last year. Then they were shut down for months, and then I don't think they resumed filming until like September. Right. And then they then they finished from, from there. But I know at the very least from like the filming stand. Oh, like, uh, point of things, a lot got interrupted. I wouldn't be surprised that when they went back later. Are we good? Yeah, yeah, you froze a couple of times. Okay, okay. Um, so let me try it out. So I know between um, the, the the break between March and September, whatever they filmed beforehand and whatever they filmed in September and from there was probably more carefully handled in terms of, like, how many people were in shots, how long the shots were going to be in. So from from a filming standpoint, that I know at least they were affected in that aspect of the process. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. As far as uh, as far as like the comic ad adaptation, the only thing I had an issue with were the rings themselves. Because if you look at the comics, first of all, they were on his fingers, not his fingers. Yes, and they're actual rings. They're actual finger rings. And secondly, <laughs> the ring has a different elemental power, whereas right. this one seemed like they were all the same. Yeah, and then like my my big. Thing, and it's this is just me being nitpicky. I know that I'm the nitpick king, but you know he's wearing these things on his wrists. At no point in the film does anybody refer to them as bracelets. Everybody calls them rings, which I find odd. You know, like you would think that. I mean, I, I get it, it's a legend of the ten rings, but you would think like maybe like if this was like a real world situation and you saw somebody with these things on their arms, you'd be like, what's up with those bracelets? Yeah. Nobody says that, and I just found that kind of weird. Fair enough. Okay, so let's let's kind of like break down the movie from start to finish. Um, I've maybe a good place to start. The bus fight. Um, that was pretty awesome. I, there were it was half it was, of it was awesome. Yeah, that's what I was. I'm with Mark on this one. Um, first and foremost, I was excited. Forgive me, I don't know the actor's name, but he's the one that played Victor Drago in Creed Two. Um, I, I was excited, okay, I I was excited to see him uh, because I don't think he's been in any other movies besides Creed 2 and again, it's cool that Sylvester Stallone found another uh, Hollywood star in the uh, boxing slash athletic community um, and I His kinda, name is Florian Mon Monteno Montenu? Okay. I, I don't know how to pronounce Florian his last Montano. name Okay, I will go with that yeah. um, I was happy to see him again and I felt like all things considering in the first Creed movie, he, he considering it was his first acting gig ever, I thought he did a phenomenal job. All things considered. Uh, especially who he's in there with, you know, Michael B. Jordan and Dolph Lundgren and Sylvester Stallone right. and so on and so forth. So in this movie, I just felt like that he was kind of dumbed down quite a bit. He was just taking orders and saying like a couple one-liners here and there. Um, yeah. And I feel like uh, it was definitely a step, performance-wise, it was definitely a step down. But... When he comes in with the knife and they text him, the, it was awesome. But once the bus lost control and it was going down the hill, 
I, it lost me a little bit. He's like swinging outside the boss and, and like, it lost me a little bit there. What did you guys think? Overall, what did you guys think of that bus fight? Uh, Wild Band, go ahead. I, I think I probably enjoyed the bus fight the most, especially the first half before um, uh, before that guy came in. All the all the combat between Simu Liu and those those uh, crooks was just awesome. I, I will give the humor a little crap for that. Just, hey guys, welcome to my live stream. This yeah. guy's kicking some ass on this bus. Yeah. Okay, okay, sure. I mean, that would more than likely happen in real life, but. You don't need to play it just because it more than likely would happen. Well, well right. actually, to defend it, it did play a factor into the story because remember, once he gets to Hong Kong in the, in the underground uh, fight club, yeah, yeah, bus guy. Guy. he's viral because of that. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I kind of get in that in story aspect, but like, it's like, okay, we're, we're having a live streamer. Yeah, but but, but <laughs> they could have just had it just once instead of like through the whole entire bus. Yeah, make right. one joke and not like come and, back to him and have him yeah. do additional commentary. I agree. And correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't that the same guy from Spider-Man Homecoming? Hey, you're that Spider-Man, you too! I think that's the same guy. Maybe. Maybe they're it, trying to make him like a recurring character in it, this next phase. That makes sense because it's, you know, mm -hmm. it's New York City and all that, so it could, you know, very well... Uh, I thought they were in San Francisco. Oh, San Francisco. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, San, Francisco, San Francisco, yeah. No, I, I, sorry, because Aquafina, Nora from Queens. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, right, it was San Francisco. So, yeah. So Okay, so maybe... Okay, yeah, that's tough. Maybe I don't know. If people are on vacation, come on. <laughs> but uh, um, I thought the the the, the Victor Drago, because I can't remember his actor's name, but I thought the his sword hand or like his like weapon hand, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. There were points where it kind of reminded me of the Spider-Man versus Doc Ock on the train fight. Um. And then once they cut the bus in half and they started like crashing into every vehicle on the way down, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but I think overall, I really liked the bus fight. It's not my favorite fight of the film, but I really did like it. Right on. I liked it too. Uh, I, I wish he would have had more attachments than just the sword for his hand. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I did like that, that fight. I'm with you on the whole live stream thing. That was kind of out of place. Um, but I kind of understand why they did it. Um, other than that, I mean, I, I enjoyed it personally. I really can't say anything bad about it. Fair enough. Mark, I, I know you got your feelings on it. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think the first half of it is great. Like, I think that, you know, the, the, the practical aspects of that fight, you know, when he, when uh, when Simulu is just really just just fighting with the minions of the ten of the ten rings, I, I thought that part was interesting enough and it probably could have just ended with that i think once razor fist comes in That's his name. i think that it starts to get a little bit hokey like you know what i mean like like how his blade hand kind of cuts through the floor and cuts the brake line and then he's able to sort of slice through like half the bus i i, I couldn't really suspend my disbelief that far and I thought that um, the fight overall was too long. I also I also felt like you know with this haywire bus going kind of out of control and Aquafina like suddenly taking you know what I mean like the bus driver getting knocked out and then she jumps up and takes the wheel and she knows how to drive the bus like she's always been driving it. I was just like eh, it 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 didn't really work for me, you know. Um, as far as that character though, Razor Fist. I actually like that character a lot. He's like 
pretty prominent character in Shang-Chi comics, mm-hmm. but he's a, he's actually a henchman of Dr. Doom in the comics. Oh. He's not, yeah, he's, he's, he's not, he really has nothing to do with like Shang-Chi's father. I'm, I'm not sure why they, why they, why they shoehorned him in to this movie because, you know, I kind of agree with you, Jay, like the performance was kind of like, eh, like, why is he here? Like, what's he really bringing yeah. to the movie? Like, other than the cool hand, you know what I mean? Yeah. But the other, co- the other side of that coin is that he is a prominent nemesis of Shang-Chi. I just wish that they had given him a little bit more to yeah, do. Yeah, I feel like both him and the mask, the guy with the mask, uh, were very underutilized. Yeah, death dealer. Yeah, and he, the guy with the yeah. mask, he had a pointless death, like... Mm-hmm. And then, like, uh, I didn't even know he had a name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that again, Mark, Mark, Mark grew up in the era of the Shang Chi comics. In the right. 70s, so yeah, was, that's like late seventies, early eighties yeah. is when that comic that, was that's big. That's like his, like, yeah, yeah, mo right there. Um, yeah. Okay, so I'm, I want to shimmy to the next, next big, big scene of the movie, and I do have a major problem with. It. So the underground fight ring in, in Hong Kong or wherever they were. Mm-hmm. Um. The abomination. Okay, I was bothered. Not, I didn't mind the abomination being there. I was bothered because they didn't give an explanation. All they had to say was, "Hey, he escaped from Thunderbolts Ross Prison or something." They all, that's right. all they had to do. Some kind of one-liner explain how he got there. There was no. They just threw him in there. No explanation. Right. Um, but I did like. It was a cool um, set. I really did enjoy. I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for that those underground like fight scenes and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was cool. But like, and another thing too is I was kind of low key. I was hoping that Shang Chi was gonna fight the Abomination. I feel yeah, like they were kind of setting it up like that. Yeah, and I was expecting that, and we didn't get that. He fights his sister, which um, whatever. I mean, some, some that fight was okay. I mean, it was better yeah. than. I mean, still doesn't compare to the one I described earlier, but it's better than a lot sure. of the other fights. Well, it was I a shirtless fight scene for the sake of being a shirtless fight scene. Yeah. yeah, but but what was more troubling to me in that scene, they don't explain why Wong was there. Like, now, why was he there? Now, I a lot of uh, fans have pointed this out, and I like to think this too. In the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, we see Wong going into a portal. Yeah. I, I, a lot of people like to think that was him going to the underground arena to fight. <laughs> right. But I would have, it, it would have, to me, it would have been much more satisfying storytelling if they would have given us some reason why he was even fighting. Like, you know, whether the Sanctum Sanctorum needed money or, mm-hmm. you know, to function, or he could have been saying like, hey, I travel here, I, I went here because I'm actually looking for the owner of these rings. Mm-hmm. And I'm like hoping that like I, I'll run into him. They could have come up with anything, but yeah. instead they give you that fight, which is a, which in my opinion, pretty cool fight. Yeah, it but was. I'm not gonna knock that. There is no, they don't give you any like backstory for either one of those characters, which kind of irritated. And what's kind of weird is like at the end of the fight, they're like in a gym locker room, kind of like being a little buddy buddy, and then they both leave together. Yeah, and they don't. Ex- yeah, they don't explain that. Maybe they'll explain it in, in like a future movie. But yeah, but I it's don't such know. a missed opportunity though, and it bothered me because again, I was. I'm not a fan of like, oh yeah, let's bring back. Well, I I I I love the character of Abomination. I sold the Incredible Hulk movies. What my top like in my underrated. Top three. It's like my yeah. top three because I lo- I'm a sucker for Edward Norton. Tim Roth was amazing. 
Um, mm-hmm. and the fact that the the Hulk hasn't been the same ever since. I hate what the Hulk, what the MCU has done to my one of my favorite characters ever, the Hulk. But yeah, it was cool seeing the Abomination. But I just wish he was given an explanation about how he got there, uh, because that that's a huge plot hole. Because again, the Hulk choked him out, and he left him there in front of Thunderbolt Ross. The whole right. Military to take yep. care of. So somewhere mm-hmm. between there and maybe we'll get an explanation in the uh, what's that show called coming? The She-Hulk. The She-Hulk. She-Hulk. Right. Possibly. Maybe we'll get a She-Hulk explanation. Hopefully, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just bothered that they should have given some kind of one quick explanation about the abomination being there would have been nice. Joe, yeah. you're quiet about the scene. What did you yeah, think? Uh, Josh Bates has an interesting theory about Wong. It says uh, that he had to make money so he could get his tuna fish sandwich from Infinity. <laughs> yeah, his tuna milk. <laughs> Strange stopped buying him lunch. So. Oh, yeah. Let me say it. For the sake of Wild Band, let me say it. Paul Tack is in the chat, man. Thanks for coming in. We got yeah, what's up, Paul? Long time no see. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I know um, with Sh- uh, uh, with Shang Chi specific, like in a couple, maybe a couple movies after this, they're doing a experiment with this release. It's going to be in theaters for forty five days, and after that forty five days, it's going to go to Disney Plus for free, right. I think no premium great. access. I, Warner Brothers is doing the same thing in twenty twenty two. I'm I like the idea of a forty five day window because I think I feel like. If you if you haven't seen a movie within thirty days, like I feel like th- I'd even be okay with a thirty day window because I feel like most movies make their money with the exceptions with the exception of um, Endgame because that that right. that was a long ride. I feel like most movies make the most of their money in, in those first four weeks. So I think mm-hmm. a forty five day window is very generous, and I'm fine with that moving forward because I usually see a movie either opening night or within a week or two. So same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. Joe, uh, but Joe, what did you think of uh, that, that whole entire scenario that we were uh, talking about? I'm, I'm with you guys. I was expecting Shang-Chi to fight him, but uh, the fight itself was okay. I, I wasn't really thrilled or, you know, taken back by it or anything. It's, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. I mean, was, I, I wish I could have seen, like, more fighters, to be honest, because you only got, a, like, a small showcase of what was in there. They could have thrown anybody in there, really. Yeah. So, it didn't really last long enough for me. And apparently, in one of those, um, those little like pre uh, pre fight cages, you saw somebody with the extremist virus fighting a Black Widow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought. Yeah, I forgot all about that. But yeah, yeah, that was pretty oh, interesting. Oh, I didn't even catch. I mean, I didn't catch the Black Widow reference. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was like uh, yeah, there was the extremist and the black one in the same cage. And if you look really closely when she goes to kick the guy, you see the black widow emblem on her belt. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Pretty good, cool. Good call. And I mean, if they didn't have so many contract issues and ownership all over the place with the comics and everything, it would have been kind of cool to see. Because uh, this is this is after Endgame, but is it is it? in the realm of X-Men at all? Like, when it comes to timeline-wise? Well, well I, know, I mean, the um, X-Men haven't been introduced yet. Yeah. Right, so, yes. Yeah. I, I think the director said Shang-Chi it's, takes uh, place in, like, well, present-day MCU. Yeah. There was a reference saying, hey, uh, who's, I think Aquafina said, uh, we all can lose our life, and j- half a life can be wiped out in a second. Right. Uh, so they made that reference. So, there's, so the reference was that it was after, um, you know, Endgame, because they made the reference yeah. saying, hey, life can end in just a snap 
Or half a life could end in just a snack. We've seen it. Well, the point, the point I was trying to make is it would have been kind of cool to see some sort of reference to Logan somewhere. Because he used to do page fighting. True. Right. True. That would have been a nice callback to like the first yeah. X-Men movie, which really started everything. Yeah. You know, like, you know, there were other superhero movies, but that, that's the one that really... Hanging somewhere or something. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been cool. By the way, uh, hey Scott, it's good to see you, buddy. Um, hopefully, we're not spoiling the movie for you. <laughs> oh, Spoiler has Scott warning. not seen it? Um, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm assuming Scott hasn't seen it, so I'm just saying. Yeah, this is a spoiler discussion. If you, you know, reading the description. Um, so yeah, all right. So Mark, we're, so where should we shimmy to now? We, so we went from the bus. We went from the underground club. Where, where do you want to discuss next? Man. I had oh, okay. something I wanted to say, and then now, like, I don't remember. Like, you know what I mean? I, I think. Hmm. Okay, I, I guys, got some you, things to add. Um, uh, right after, so again, leading up to what my what was my favorite fight that, mm-hmm. which was great, by the way, when they're trying to escape from the building, they're being chased and all that, it, which was a, like I said, it was a cool scene. Um, but another scene that really bothered me too, um, the bamboo. And here's why. Okay. Let me explain why. And again, I, I'm my old school martial arts like movies are kicking in. Mm-hmm. I thought the when they were fighting on the bamboo sticks, you know, it looked really off because if you remember, Rush Hour Two. I was thinking the same <laughs> thing when that scene popped up. Rush Hour Two bamboo scene was bloody amazing. They could have ripped the page right off of that and used some real. Right. Um, stuntmen for that scene, but no, they went the CGI route and it looked really off-putting. Um, and then when, when freaking, well, I mean, it's, was it's, like, un- hey. it's on, it's unfair though. I mean, because Rush Hour, the Rush Hour movies have Jackie Chan and Jackie Chan's stunt team, and those guys are absolutely insane. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like, so I imagine that Marvel didn't have anybody that was like willing to take those kind of chances you know what i mean because what, what we saw in rush hour 2 was a real uh, uh an actual set piece scene where in this movie clearly was a green screen yeah know, and, no i'll give you that i will give you it that bothered me because i'm like oh man like rush hour 2 came out exactly 20 years ago and did that much better Oh, and when, when freaking uh, Aquafina was hanging off the freaking like bamboo branch, my mind went to, don't worry, bamboo, very strong. Well, that bamboo is <laughs> <just> cracking. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we haven't really talked enough about Aquafina. I mean, I did talk about the friendship thing. Um, sure. The one thing I do appreciate about Aquafina, um, again, I really feel like, you know, she's got a comedy background. They, they made her use her jokes. But here's the thing I appreciate is that she was the audience. Meaning, yeah. she was the fish out of the water, going along with the ride with um, Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. She's, she's, she's us. Like, oh my god, right. where are we going? Oh my god, this is crazy. Um, but, but, the fact that she's never touched a weapon in her life, and she's the one with the bow and arrow that... Right. Come on, man. But, other than that, I did like, I felt like Yes, she was a comedy relief, but I like I appreciate the fact that she was the audience and she was the one along for the ride. And I felt like her character I hate to I hate to say this. This is me admitting. Um her execution of her being the audience was done a lot better with her than it was with Cole in Mortal Kombat. 
Yes. I, 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 I will co-sign on that statement I'm, I'm, for sure. There you go. There's me yeah. admitting. But yeah. that being said, the um, I didn't like that, you know, that she was the one that was able to use a bone when she hasn't touched a weapon in her life. And yeah, that that kind of bugged me. Um, yeah, and I and I can I can definitely agree with that. I could see where like that would make sense. I've been like looking on because it's an original character. Like so they, like that character, as far as the MCU is concerned, they didn't draw. They didn't like pull that character out of any comic. Mm -hmm. Like they just created her for this film. I've seen online where a lot of people are comparing her to the character Apex from the comics, which has this like sharpshooting ability. At least a version of her has that. Mm -hmm. And so I, that makes me wonder if that's who they're sort of morphing her into Same. is that like maybe she has some sort of latent ability which allows her to like hit targets perfectly and yeah. maybe she just didn't never knew that i don't know i'm just speculating but um since i've seen that online like in forums and stuff people kind of mm -hmm. talking about that i'm like well maybe that's what it is because why else would wong be like both of you like your lives are going to change like forever well why would you need her you know what I mean? Well, so, I'm going to make the assumption, too, again, going back to Rush Hour. So from Rush Hour 1 to Rush Hour 2, um, Jackie, from, okay, Rush Hour 1, Jackie was kind of carrying and protecting Chris Tucker from the onslaught, um, you know, when they when they got into those fights. Then in Rush Hour 2, when, when they're at, specifically when they're in the spa, Chris Tucker could fight because Jackie, right. Jackie taught him you know, was showing him yeah mm -hmm. so I'm assuming and I'm hoping they go in this direction because it would make sense that going from Shang-Chi if there's another Shang-Chi or if we see you know Katie and Shang again assuming we see them again maybe this more time likely she's going to have some kind of fighting skills or something that she's going right. to her character's going to progress so she's going to she's not going to be like the, um, the you know the friend that's in the way she's going to learn like a thing or two Right. And in and, and, and a little bit of defense of that aspect, I know I'm like defending this movie a whole lot, yeah. but I feel, I feel like I'm the only one that really dug it. So like in defense of that particular characteristic, but they were kind of training her, right? They were like teaching her how to use like the, the, the bow and arrow and like, like hit targets and stuff like that. They even said to her, like when she went to try to go into battle, like you're not ready to do this. So, like, part of me kind of feels like, A, the shots that she was taking were kind of lucky shots. And B, these people are training, like, it's not traditional training. Like, they're basically, they have this ability that is endowed to them by the great protector, right? This, yeah. this god-like dragon. So maybe part of that is a, an aiming ability. And maybe they've, like, shown her how to tap into that. I don't know. This is all speculation, but like that's yeah. kind of like what I'm saying. Like maybe that's a, maybe that's something that'll be explained later. Yeah, Paul Taggart wants to know if she could be a member of the hand. Oh, that is a that is an interesting uh, way to look at it. Yeah. Okay. Real quick though, um, since we're multi-streaming, I see from Facebook, Grace is in the chat. Thank you for coming in. Uh, I haven't talked to you in a while. Uh, and from Twitch, we have Baxter Tools uh, streaming here, streaming us on Twitch. So 
thank you. The the, the, the multi the we invented the, the multiverse. 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 <laughs> so yeah, I just want to welcome the people. So listen, if you're on Facebook and if you're not uh, subscribed to Nerd Cage Live, please go to YouTube and subscribe. Same with Twitch. Subscribe on Twitch. Subscribe on YouTube. Uh, we really appreciate um, hoping this hoping these multi stream simulcast streams will get people to sub up. You know, go to YouTube and sub us up. But thank you for coming in. We appreciate. You know, you guys hanging out with us, and of course, you know, hopefully we're not spoiling the movie for you. Hopefully, you guys have all seen it already. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's what's up, man. And, and and guys, again, if you have any opinion, point of view, question, yeah, hit us up in the chat. Like, you know, let yeah, us yeah, let us know. Up. Like, yeah, for sure. Um, also, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, Paul's got a question for Mark. He said, uh, "Did you see Paper Tigers?" I have not seen Paper Tigers. I've heard nothing but good things about it, though. It's on my list to see, but I just haven't quite gotten around to it. Right now, I'm watching, um, I'm trying to get through a show called Brand New Cherry Flavor. I don't know if you guys have ever, like, heard about that. It's a very weird kind of supernatural um, kind of TV show. But I'm about halfway through that, and then I'm going to hit, and then I'm going to do Paper Tigers after that. Very nice. So, uh, one quick comment on training. So, uh, uh, we see the mom and both the aunt train Shang-Chi. And there are two, technically three specific points where we see the mom, we see the aunt, and then near the end, we see Shang-Chi basically airbending. <laughs> they were 100% airbending. That was Ong, um, yep. <laughs> yeah, it was done. That's right funny. Too. And I was like, okay, well... Netflix, take notes. That's how you do proper airbending in live action. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll get that in this. Or, or are they still doing the live action Avatar? Yes. Uh, at, at the current moment, we have the main four kids, Aang, Katara, Sokka, and Zuko cast, which Zuko was actually, uh, the actor was in Shang-Chi. He was Katie's younger brother at the oh. very beginning of the movie. Gotcha. Cool. So I also so let's talk since we just talked about the end. I really let's gush. I just want to gush over Michelle Yeoh. First and yeah. foremost, she still looks beautiful. She still looks fantastic, and her yeah, one hundred. Yes, her martial arts skills <laughs> clearly haven't diminished. I'm sure. I'm sure she's not going. She's definitely not going as hard as she did 20, 30 years ago. No, but she's still doing it, and she's doing it well. Um, yeah, she's I not really, jumping any motorcycles on any speeding trains, but she's still badass. Yes, and I was happy yeah. to see her. I thought she she was the high she was one of the highlights of the movie. I, it was just a damn shame we didn't really get her to the third act. It's just, I mean, I understand why, but I just I've always been a fan of her work, and I just wish there was more of her. Um, yeah, I really hope that going forward that we get more of her like in the mcu like in future shang chi movies or if there's any crossover where shang chi's in another movie that we also get michelle yo i mean to me and it's you know i i admit i'm i'm super biased like i'm a michelle yo super fan and i have been for like 25 years like like she was the best part of the movie and i really I wish that i'm with you man i wish that she was in it a whole lot more than she was I wouldn't be surprised if we get a sequel or like more appearances from Shang-Chi in future movies. Like she would be his mentor character since she kind of she kind of started doing that at the near the end when they went to the village. Right. Yeah. Um I think I know I don't know what else there's left to cover. I mean, we've gone for close to an hour here. Um 
Um, I, anything else you want to cover? Because I, I'm, I'm like out of ideas. I mean, I yes. the post credit scenes, but is there any, yeah, sure. before we get to the, fi the final act and the post credit scenes, is there anything else you guys want to go back and discuss? I, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to kind of, I didn't get a chance to kind of weigh in on the whole Trevor thing. Okay, go so yeah, that's, that's good, all right. good, perfect. We'll talk about, let's talk about Trevor because I, I have a fucking problem with it. And so does uh, Wild. Bitch. Yeah, right, go ahead, go ahead. Right now, I will say this. I think that he was in the movie way too much, like way too much. But I liked the fact that uh, Tony Leung's character, I think his name in the movie is Ren Wo. I could be wrong. Uh, that. Ren Wu. Ren okay. I, I knew it was something like that, but I just like didn't have the pronunciation down. Anyway, I loved that they had that conversation where he addressed that the 10 rings from Iron Man 1 was not his 10 rings. And then he explained that this like that the, that this terrorist organization co-opted this thing that he had built and that they hired this guy to, you know what I mean, to like basically be like a fake version of him. And I really loved that they addressed the name of the Mandarin, right? Because that has always bothered me, even as like a comic book fan. I've always felt like it's a, it was a little bit reductive, now, right? Look, because- Mark, I don't, don't mean to but is it, I was talking to someone, I was talking to, so one person at my job did see it too, mm -hmm. we were talking about it. And he mm -hmm. was bothered at the fact that the Mandarin in the comics never had kids. Um. And that was never part of the the Shang Chi um, right storyline. And right in the in the comics, Shang Chi is the son of Fu Manchu. He's not mm -hmm. the son of like Ren Wu or the Mandarin. They've like changed that aspect of it greatly. Understandably so. so. Understandably so. Right. But what I liked about that particular scene was that they took a moment to kind of explain and clarify for everybody that like the people who who abducted Tony Stark that got this whole um, ball in motion had nothing to do with him. They just like, and they had no understanding of like what he had built. I also liked that they addressed the, the Marvel one shot, which I'm mm -hmm. assuming at least some people out there have, have watched. Right, because in that, Trevor is basically in prison, mm. and the Mandarin Mandarin finds out about him and wants to kill him. But at the end of that, he's just basically like abducted. Like they break him out, you know what I mean? And you don't know what happened. At least you get to see, like, okay, this is what happened to him. It would have been better if it just ended right there. Thank like you. if they just I, I mean, done I a quick him not being in there at all. Right. But if anything, like you said, maybe just have them there and that's it. Because they definitely dragged that out way too long and it bothered me. I agree. Right. Yeah, like if they I, just I mean, like... He really didn't need to be the comic relief in that. Like, they they really didn't need him for that. Yeah, like, yeah, know, they like, just, like, broke into his room. They're like, oh. Like, and then he yeah. did a little explanation and then they left without him. Fine. Like if you're going to include him, just do yeah. that. Mm hmm. I, it, like, yeah. I hate that. I hated that I Iron Man 3. Oh, man. I, was one of the I think everybody did. Now, shout out to, to to Ben Kingsley though, because great actor. Yeah, great actor. But the but the character was incredibly disappointing. Like, it's not even that the character, it like on its face is a bad character. It's the fact that like we had been like led to believe that yes. we were going to see the Mandarin from the comics. Yeah, we were going to get the, the magic whole time. technology. 
Iron Man v. Vendor Vendor never got that. Since Iron Man one, and we never got it, and the damn shame we're never gonna get it. We're never gonna get it, right? And that's that's where I think a lot of people's ire comes from. But I think that Ben Kingsley, who's one of the greatest actors of all time, in my personal opinion, and who I think like if they do an X Men, I feel like it should be Ben Kingsley. But um, but that aside. I think like for the material, like what they gave him, he did he did like a good job with it. It's just the character itself was not written very well. Like they could have they should have just done a quick cameo and then that's it. Yeah. Yes. It's just it bothered mm-hmm. me because just like I said, the second act, just when I was beginning to enjoy it, out of nowhere they threw him in there and I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, oh. don't you guys want to distance yourself from Iron Man three? And they didn't do that. But, but that that's just my thing. What, go ahead, Wild Man. I know, I know you got some stuff to say. Yeah, I love. That was like when we started hearing that. Oh, like what is going on? Yeah. And then when we went, when, not even when he turned around, when we got into the room, I was like, Oh no. <laughs> and honestly, I was kind of caught with my pants down because I didn't. Know, <laughs> no, no, I didn't know he was in the movie. Like. Maybe other people did. Maybe it was on IMBD. I didn't know. I, I honestly went in the movie and out, and I was shocked. And I looked over at Joe. I'm like, is that the Mandarin from Iron Man 3? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, why? Yeah, the only reason people knew is because he was at the premiere, and that's where they technically revealed that he was oh, in the movie. See, I didn't know. Right. I, I was not Yeah, aware. they kept it quiet. I, I was caught way off guard, and I'm like, no. And it just deflated me. Like, And again, it was at the point of the movie where I was really beginning to really enjoy it. Because, you know, it was the second act of the movie. They kind of toned down the jokes and the the, the, the the obnoxious jokes. And then, like, the movie started getting good and getting more intense. And then all of a sudden they threw him in there and it just took me right out of it. I did like the joke they had when they explained the Mandarin versus, like, America as a whole. And they were like, America can be brought down by an orange. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying is that like he kind of at least addressed the name, which even like as a comic book reader, I always felt that was incredibly reductive, reductive of Asian culture. Because Mm -hmm. like when when we're talking about like a man, we're talking about an orange, we're talking about like Chinese food, like Mandarin chicken, or we're talking about (laughs) Mandarin as a language, Right. right? So like if someone calls themselves the Mandarin, it's like the Mandarin what? You know, I never really understood why like that was ever chosen as the villain's name, except like that it highlight, the only thing it really does is highlight like whoever created that character, maybe, I don't know if it was Jack Kirby or whoever, like whoever created that character, like it just sort of highlights like a lack of understanding of like Asian cult, like Chinese culture. Yeah. And like, so I'm glad that they at least addressed that and kind of rounded that out. Like, hey, like I never called myself the Mandarin. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's not a real thing. Yeah, and I mean, from Good Iron Man movie, it was off-putting because it's like, okay, a guy that's named after a Chinese language heading up a group in Afghanistan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I guess we'll, we, we'll, we'll let's get to the third act real quick. So so Mandarin in the, and I had a problem with Morris. I, again, I hate the CGI, but it was it was it was Trevor and and Morris. The chicken pig. Got, yeah, guided them to the sacred land. You know where mm. Sal Yo was from and all that. And oh, I was 
kind of like excited, you know, like, all right, this this sacred Asian realm. I'm really excited to see it. But then he had all these ridiculous lions and other weird creatures, and it just looked so damn bad. And yeah, great. even what bothered me too, besides that, like the weapons, like when they were using the rope dart, it wasn't a real rope dart; it was a CGI rope dart. CGI. They used mm -hmm. the bone arrows. They're, they're CGI arrows, like. And then they're using like like other weapons, and they're all like CGI. Like everything was CGI. That whole third act was CGI, and it just looked so off-putting. It drove me nuts. And then and the, the third act kind of dragged on. Like, yeah, we got one brief little fight between Shang and Tony. You know, the man, the real Mandarin, Tony Luang, uh, Luang, and which was cool, but it was so brief. And then it's just him trying to pound on the, the on the dragon scale and like. Like, oh, what a disappointing third act. I really wanted to see more of a bigger showdown. I mean, we got a little bit of a, but I, I was expecting a bigger showdown. And it was just, yeah. like, the whole third act just felt, felt so flat for me. With the exception of Michelle Yeoh training uh, Shang, which was fantastic. Again, one of the highlights of the real martial arts that we got in the movie. Mm. But, like, overall, or the overall third act between all the CGI and the pounding on the on the on the door, and it's just it just felt like it just dragged on, and it just really took me out of it. That's my two cents, uh, guys. Go ahead and chime in. Uh, am I the only? Am I the only one who thought like like low key thought that it was Mephisto behind the? <laughs> yes, I was the thinking the lab? same thing. It was like Soul Eater, like. Yeah, and then they showed those like statue, like little statuettes and stuff like that. Yeah, that looked devilish, and I was like, "It's Mephisto behind there, dude!" Like, and I was like, kind of excited, like inside, like kind of excited. You know what I mean? It didn't ruin the movie, but then afterwards, right. you're just like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, no, I legit <laughs> thought the same thing. Like, could they actually do it? No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a million times better if they did. Yeah, um, I will say for the uh, for me for the final battle, I personally I, I, I took a little bit of martial arts when I was in elementary school, and my favorite thing to use was the bow staff. So to see Shang Chi like kicking ass with the dragon scale bow staff was kind of awesome to me. At yeah. Least. yeah. I mean, I'm probably the minority in this group because I just I know. Go ahead. Joe. I've always loved CGI. <laughs> Personally, I, I always go into a movie seeing how far can they push this, you know? How far has technology come to where we can push these computer-generated graphics as far as we can go? Mm -hmm. so I, I was I was pleasantly surprised with it, but I, I understand that you, you grew up more on, you know, the wire-based fighting and, you know, all, all the practical effects. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm just old school like that, and but it doesn't kill the movie for me. Like I have sort of a like a motto with that, not really a motto, but just sort of like a creed with that, yeah. because the thing the thing about CGI is that it's always going to advance, always. So even the CGI that we think is amazing now, ten years from now, when we look back, when we when you and I do a look back on like one of these movies yeah. that has great CGI, we're going to like comment on how the cgi doesn't hold up okay but the movie itself like as long as the stories are good yeah like the story and the acting that to me is what makes a movie yeah so like i, I don't agree yeah i don't i don't i don't discount a film if the cgi is like unless it's absolutely horrendous but like you know what i mean to me it looked absolutely horrendous and I, it looked like a youtuber put it together i just thought given 
it's the MCU, given, again, I'm going to think, I really do think COVID had a factor, but still, given it's an MCU movie, and given that their special effects for the most part, for the most part, not all, but for the most part, have been pretty spectacular, and this just missed the mark for me. Sure. But Mark, just to tag on real quick what you just said, uh, and then we'll, mm -hmm. we'll move on. Um, sure. You know how you just said, well, we, we could look at five years from now, and the CGI could be awesome, but look shit from now. I'm sure. glad you kind of mentioned that because as big of a DCU fanboy I am, mm -hmm. okay, for the longest time, when, when, when Aquaman first came out, I love Aquaman, the movie. Right. But upon a recent rewatch of Aquaman, I feel like the CGI is already aged. This is my opinion. This is what I'm saying, yeah. And hold on, let me finish. <laughs> so, like, on top of that, and at the for, the long, for, for, for a few years, too. I was so blown away by Aquaman, I actually liked Aquaman more than Man of Steel. Which gets, gets us mm -hmm. my next point. At the time when Aquaman did come out, the special effects, are, I thought, were miles better than the special effects in Man of Steel. But now, mm, sure. for a recent rewatch, I rewatched all the DC movies kind of recently. The, the special effects in Man of Steel have aged way better than the, the, the um, special effects and CGI in Aquaman. I, I, yeah. I think I can agree with that. I do. Rem I can't. I can't like look back and like you know dude, this still looks good for yeah, like eight years old. Yeah, because it was just at the time that groundbreaking CGI that James Wan managed to put in. And again, I'm sure Aquaman two when it comes out next year is gonna look even better. But can't at wait. the time when yeah. Aquaman first came out, I was blown away. And I'm like, wow, this is really like the best CGI I've seen in a DC movie. And now. Upon a rewatch of Man of Steel, because I was getting ready for the Snyder Cut, and I rewatched Man of Steel and so on and so forth, mm -hmm. and I'm like, I'm like, wow, Man of Steel has aged better than a lot of movies, and it's right, and I, and I, Aquaman. yeah, and I feel like, you know, as much as I like, I'm not gonna say that I dislike Man of Steel. Like when I first saw it, I hated it, but but my appreciation has grown for that movie. That like I've watched it several times since yeah. it was released, and every time I watch it now, like I like it a little bit more. One of the things that I do like about that is that I I do feel like the CGI in that movie is is underappreciated. Yeah. Like Henry Cavill's cape, the whole thing it's CGI. Yeah. It's not a real cape. Right. Yep. But nobody ever remarks on that. No one ever like, you know, like talks about like how realistic that looks yeah. and how like even now, like, you know, when when did that and movie I come out? Twenty four. Uh, Man of Steel I, was 2013. Yeah, 2013. Maybe, so eight uh, years later, it still holds up. You and know, I think because I think Zack Snyder's choice of color palette helps. Because well, yeah, the darker the better. Because you know, Aquaman was a very bright and vibrant yes. movie. Yes, and then yes, you watch you're Steel right. And the Snyder Cut, it's got that you know that darker tone that people bitch about, but mm -hmm. it works because it like it, I feel like the the, the dark um, color palette tones down the CGI that really like stands out. I think yeah. I agree with that. That's all. But yeah, then, I'm with you. Getting out here is like I said, the CGI in this movie. Does not look good, but maybe years down, like what marks maybe years down the road, it will look better. But, but the whole third act to me just it was just it just looked really really off. Um, I guess you want to go to the end, ending and post credit scenes. Yes, sure. Okay, so the ending in particular. Um, again, I I actually did like the ending where, again, just just a recap. Um, they they go back to the bar with their friends. And they're and they're and they're, and they're like making fun of them. They don't believe them. And then Wong comes out of nowhere. And again, again, I'm, gonna, I'm reiterating. I appreciate the fact 
So, so then when the portal opens, and then Shang and Katie go into the portal, and again, mm -hmm. they stayed friends. Okay, <laughs> I like that. They stayed friends. Um, and I, you know, again, it, and I also like the fact. Another thing I forgot to reiterate. I like the fact that Shang was, um, he was hiding in San Francisco, working a basic job mm -hmm. to hide from his dad. Mm -hmm. I actually really liked that. I, I thought it was cool that he went hiding for 10 years, not revealing who he was, and staying low-key. Um, really, really, really enjoyed that. So, the post credit scene, the first one. Okay, I do have a problem with it. Okay. <laughs> I think I might do as well. Here we go. I'm not a fan of Brie Larson and her appearance. I knew it. Hold on. Her appearance <laughs> was pointless. Pointless. Because she's like, oh, Bruce has my number. Get at me. And then she disappeared. Well, what was the point of you being there, Brie Larson? Uh, yeah. Two things. Two, two things. Get him wild, man. It's it's two things why. Uh, so first reason, maybe to help slightly, help somewhat set up uh, Miss Marvel and then the Marvels. That. Second reason, the director and Brie Larson are really good friends and have worked on a couple projects together. So it kind of makes sense that she would make a small cameo as Carol Danvers. Now, me personally, when I saw both Mark Ruffalo and Brie Larson, I was like, oh shit, what are they setting up? Uh, they're not really setting up anything. Okay. I think there was a third reason. I, th I think it was to shut down the rumor mill because everybody's rumoring that they're getting rid of Brie Larson. Mm. Well, this confirms they're not. <laughs> yeah, not. right. And and a fourth and a fourth reason is <laughs> that I I believe because in the comics Shang Chi is an Avenger, right? Yeah, I think, so I think they they have confirmed that he is now a new Avenger uh, post release. Ex exactly. I think this was their way of of letting the audience know that he's about to become an Avenger. Well, who are who who's left in the Avengers? A bunch of them have died already, and um, you know what I mean. And so, who do you have left? Like I you have Captain Marvel, and you have who do you have? Captain Marvel, War Captain Machine. Marvel, War Machine, Hulk. Technically Spider Man because uh, Tony made him an Avenger. Right. Uh, so Spider Man, War Machine, uh, Captain Marvel, Hulk, Thor is still there. Thor is still around. Um, right. Hawkeye he's still around. Right. But. You know, timeline, you know, if we look at like the timeline and stuff like that, like, you know, all these characters have their own things going why, on. Why and that's Dr. probably Strange all there? happening all at the same time. I, I so who would be free? Captain Marvel and the Hulk. You know what I mean? So that's probably why they chose those two, because Thor's probably off world. Mm -hmm. Right. Because at the end of Endgame. He takes off with the Guardians, so he's not even on Earth, right? Spider-Man, as, as you know, we don't know that we don't know the timeline necessarily. Yeah, and, and probably we think we're assuming he's still a fugitive because uh, he got out by Mysterio. Yeah, exactly. Right. I will say more than likely, and we'll probably get clarification once Shang-Chi releases on Disney Plus and they update the Marvel timeline on the Disney Plus uh, thing. We'll see where those two movies in particular falls. I want to say. My guess right now is Shang-Chi is probably either right before, during, or after Spider-Man because we know Spider-Man is going to take place right after Far From Home. And yes. we know that takes place like somewhat in the present day of the MCU. Mm -hmm. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how yeah, they order yeah. these two yeah, how they order these two in particular. 
Right. You know, and, and I thought about this too during that post credit scene. Like, where was Doctor Strange throughout this whole Strange? thing? Like, that's that's what I'm getting at is that, like, maybe the events of No Way Home are and already. Or in, madness. They're already. Yeah, exactly. Maybe those events are already in motion at that time. And and Wong is at the is at the sanctum by himself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which would mm-hmm. which would explain like okay, like he's brought these two there. There's only a couple of Avengers left that are available at the moment. You know what I mean? Armory Wars is coming out on Disney Plus, which involves War Machine. Maybe the events of Armory Wars are what's keeping him from being there. You know, so that's all I'm saying is that like I I feel like that was just their way of letting you know like hey, these guys are about to be inducted into the Avengers, and that's what that that whole meeting yeah. was about. Yeah, I know. Just can we just be frank? There's been better post-credit scenes and and oh yeah, yes, and, yeah. And between yeah. this and Black Widow, we've been like really let, let down, down big let, time. Yeah, because okay, I'll, I'll give the Black Widow post-credit scene this. They at least like like concretely set up a plot point for a future project. They set up yeah. like well, Yelena appearing in Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. With the both post-credit scenes of Shang-Chi, okay, we got two appearances from Avengers, te- seemingly making Shang-Chi an Avenger himself. What else are you guys setting up? And then right. with the second post-credit scene with his sister yeah. taking over um, the Ten Rings, and then it says the Ten Rings will return. Okay, cool. We're getting like these guys were going to come back soon, but again. Neither post credit scene really set up anything. Yeah, like, no, you're right. Like, 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 here's a tease for this. Oh, here's a name drop. We're not, right. we didn't really get much. Yeah. Right. Thank I you. agree with that. Okay. Fair enough. Joe, Joe what you, any thoughts on? Um, I, I basically agree with you guys, but I do see a lot of stuff in the chat right now. A lot of good points and stuff about what we've been talking about. Um, yeah, I feel like we've been ignoring the chat. And guys, I apologize if you've been dropping yeah, we're, comments. We're, we're, like, we're, we need we're, to we're get out. We're deep in this uh, conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we lose track of things and, you know. And yeah, so, I want to go. If I want to go back here, yeah, go, ahead, uh, go ahead and go back. I'll take it. Well, I wanted to know about whether you guys saw what if I know for firsthand, you guys have stuff on Instagram yes. talking about it. Um, so he was wondering if you saw the Doctor Strange episode. Yes, that is up on yeah. both Instagram and TikTok. Yes, I was just going to yeah. say, it's on our Definitely TikTok. check those out. Yeah, we just dropped that. We just dropped the Doctor Strange episode yesterday like last night so yeah that's on tiktok instagram paul just check those out and then hit me up and let me know like what you think you know like drop drop uh your opinion in the comments all right then uh, i'll move on to josh bates he says check out 2002's hero that stars jet lee tony long my man that yeah that is a great movie like uh, highly underrated you know what I mean? Like as far as like Jet Li's movies. And we and can do a look back next year because it turns twenty next year. So we have we have. Yeah, that's one I think we should do. Yeah, like we, we should definitely yeah, yeah, talk about that one. We'll do that next year. Um, okay, so uh, I guess we can go around a circle and give our over. I mean, we Mark and I already did on TikTok, but uh, but let's go ahead and go to circle, give an overall rating. So Wild Ben, what out of ten, what would you give um, Shang Chi Legends ten rings? I think I would give it a 6.75 out of 10. The only thing that is keeping it from it, like, okay, only things that are keeping it from, like, a little bit higher was Trevor 
the somewhat disappointing uh, post credit scene, even though they were so cool, again, they really didn't set up anything. And the fact that I feel like this movie was overhyped for me, so I, I came out a little bit more disappointed than I expected. I did I did like this movie, but I didn't like it as much as I thought I was going to do, thought I, was, thought I was going to like it. I love Simu Liu as Shang-Chi. I love yeah. the fight choreography in this, but... If, if we were just like, if Trevor was either only in it for one scene or not even in it at all, and like we got either like a name drop or like a, a, a true tease for a future project in the post credit scenes, I would easily give us like a seven to an eight out of ten. But I give this like a, a six and three quarters out of ten. Well said. Uh, Mark, go ahead. So, yeah, both in my um, initial uh, out of the theater um review and on a rapid review i gave this an 8.5 i'm on the fence about whether or not i should drop half a point and it's only because now that i've had time to digest it i see a lot more logic problems in in the story i still think the story was great and i think that it was executed you know extremely well except for like a couple of you know like there there are a few things that i didn't like in it but um, you know, I think that the performances, particularly Tony Leung, was was awesome in it. Um, I think that Simu Liu was a perfect Shang Chi. Mm-hmm. I think that his acting, like particularly like in the quieter moments, was better than a lot of like the bigger MCU stars. Like there's a there's a scene where he's talking to Aquafina's character and he's like talking about how he's planning to kill his dad. And there's like a little subtle like half tear that almost falls and you see him pull it back, which is a very difficult thing to do for an actor. And I felt like that like little quiet subtle moments like that to me are stellar like you know what i mean like so the fact that he was able to just throw those in and not just be like a your typical like marvel action guy like that says a lot to me yeah you know and um michelle yo in it like i've already said several times like how much i love her in in everything um so so yeah that that to me like those that combination of things that confluence of 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 positive and negatives makes makes it for me like not quite a perfect movie but but i'd say like an eight you know like an 8.5 somewhere in that somewhere in that realm well said again i'm just to reiterate what we uh mark and i did our uh, rapid review on tiktok i'm giving a 5.5 again real quick similar to what wild band said but for me too many jokes in the first act. Um, overall, bad CGI. The CGI fights, with the, with the exception of a couple highlight fights, a lot of the fights I thought looked pretty poor to me. Um, and of course, Trevor being in there in the second act really, really, really deflated me. Um, so that being said, um, I do think it's way better than Black Widow. I, I'd put yeah. this above Guardians because I'm not a fan of the Guardians, but I'd put it above Guardians. I put it above Ant Man. I put it above Dark World. I'd put it above Captain Marvel. Um, and a lot of other Marvel movies, but to me, uh, tacking on what Wild Band said, it was overhyped, and I'm blaming John Campia and a few other of these early reviews. Um, I just expected more real martial arts, and I feel like we didn't get enough of that. With some great performances in there overall, um, I just think it was overall pretty disappointing for the most part. 5.5 out of 10. Not in my top five worst movies of 2021, but definitely not my top 10 best movies of 2021 either. It was just right. 
It was it was an overall letdown, but um, it, you know, again, I'm not gonna knock people who like it. I gave I gave my legitimate reasons, like I said. Yeah, know. film is subjective, so. Yeah, I just wanted to point out, like, hey, I'm not hating it just to hate it. Here's why I hate it, but that's that's all. So 5.5 out of 10, it could have been better. I think we all agree in some aspects it could have been better. Joke, go I ahead. I agree. Uh, I'm gonna give it a solid seven out of 10. Um, it met my expectations. It didn't exceed them. It didn't go below them. It met exactly what I was expecting out of this movie. I got so it got me at face value, and I'm just I'm gonna give it that relative score based on it met what I wanted. So. All right, and then sh- what would everybody else read? But hey, uh, shout out in the chat there, Grace uh, chiming in from Facebook. She said I'd give it an eight. I really liked it. The acting was good. Loved the fighting. Well, thank you. So if anybody else wants to go ahead and chime in and give us their rating, anyone comments, anyone who's actually listening to the podcast version, which will go up on, you know, our podcast in the next day or two, what did you think of this movie? Um, you know, what would you rate it? And yeah, and what, what are you excited for? What are you excited for Eternals? Would you want to see this movie again? How would you rank this among the other MCU movies? And what would you rank this among your 2021 movies? We would love to know. Um, uh, speaking of Eternals really quick. Real quick, I'll see it, but I'm not excited for it. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, my excitement is down <laughs> here. For the sake of the channel, I will go see it opening night for the sake of the channel, but I'm not excited for it. But Spider-Man, on the other hand, like, let's go. I can't wait! <laughs> <laughs> I'm, excited, I'm excited for both, you know? Like, I, I definitely understand, like, people not being hyped for Eternals. Like, you know, it wasn't a super popular comic book title, but... Um, I think that, you know, with this sort of like giving us finally like the Eternals and the Deviants and the Celestials and all of the story, all the lore that goes along with that from the comic, if that's executed properly, I think that that's going to add a whole new layer to the MCU. And they're also going to be introducing uh, Black Knight, who is another Avenger, you know, so I think that. You know, the trailers have not necessarily done it justice, but I think that we're probably going to, you know, with that cast and 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 with Chloe Zhao directing, I think it's going to be like a huge movie. And it seems to me like just from what, you know, just from uh, how Kevin Feige has been throwing all of his energy around promoting that movie, that they're putting all of their eggs in that basket in terms of production, in terms of CGI, action, everything. They're really doing as much as they can with that to make that like sort of like the best MCU movie. So hopefully they deliver on that. Okay, this, this was a good segue to uh, a question that Shay had earlier that I wanted to address. And I'm going to kind of paraphrase what he was saying. He wanted to know, like, going forward with the MCU, what new characters that we haven't seen yet would you like to see brought to the MCU? Um, I would go further and ask, what projects would you like to see the MCU do in the future? Ooh. That's a good question. I mean, I can lead out on it. Um, I want to see them do something with Ironheart. Well, they are. They, they are. are. Yeah. And, uh, She's going to be in Black Panther 2. Yep. Yeah. So are, are we talking about like characters that have not been announced like that they like where they have they don't have projects in the works? 
yeah, characters or uh, team ups like Avengers stuff like that. Anything that hasn't been showcased yet. Man, okay. I've got so many. Like, I want to see Ghost Rider in the MCU more than anything. Like, I want to see, I want to see Ghost Rider. I want to see the Punisher in there. I want to see um, Star Fox, one of the Avengers from the '80s. Um, I would love to see, like, in terms of like team ups and stuff like that. Like, like I know they haven't introduced mutants, and then at some point they will. But when yeah. they do, I want to see. I don't. I don't necessarily need to see the X-Men so much, but I would love to see X-Force. I would love to see like those characters. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Excalibur. I'd love to see Captain Britain. There's like, there's a ton or Alpha Flight even. Like I would love to see like Vindicator and like Sasquatch and those characters that don't get talked about a lot, but are absolutely amazing characters. Mm-hmm. I want to see the MCU do more with that as opposed to like rehashing like characters that we've all seen and, and all that. I was interested in that whole Midnight Suns thing that I saw for the in video games and everything. Mm-hmm. That would be cool to adapt to like yes. a series film or something. Yeah. I think for me, I would really love to see Spider-Man and Deadpool team up because yeah, that's I'm, such I'm a huge thing in the, the, the comics. Uh, I want to see more of the dark heroes. Like I want to see Blade, Punisher. Yeah. And, and Blade's coming soon. Ghost Rider. So, right. And yeah, I yeah, I, I want to see like the darker heroes, even if, especially if hopefully I don't think it's R-rated. But still, I'd like to see some of these dark. Again, being a DC guy, I want to see some of the darker elements of Marvel and Punisher and Ghost Rider would be absolutely like fantastic. Yeah, a dark hero team up would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, if they did like the Marvel Knights or something like yeah. that, like you know, some of those characters would be. be I, I think that would again, like. I, I agree with Jay, like in terms of like the MCU now having this sort of paint by numbers formula, it's working for them, you know, in terms of like these making these films for quadrant, but it'd be nice if they had like some aspect of the MCU that was transcendent of that, where it was more, you know, like darker, like more, um, gritty. uh, not necessarily gritty, more, um, like horror based almost yeah. like you know stuff that's more supernatural stuff that's yeah. like like darker and and like uh like not necessarily know, know scarier but, but you know moon night i am i am a little yeah. hyped for that yeah i mean i was gonna say the first thing that came to my mind was moon night because that's like a, a darker comic from, from Marvel, yes so. i agree Love to see how that goes all right so we gotta wrap this up because i gotta go to i have to jump on titan goji's gundam stream pretty soon here so uh Again, thanks to everyone who came in uh, on Facebook, Twitch, and uh, on YouTube. We appreciate it. I, I, dude, I love doing this multi-stream. But uh, Wild Band, I'm going to give you the floor. Go ahead and promote anything you want to promote. All right. So you can find me on YouTube, Wild Band. At, at the moment, I am cur- currently reacting to What If, and then I'm doing the uh, ep- episodic What If uh, reviews with Mark on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, I react to the classic Godzilla the series based off the 98 movie with Brian from Monstrosities. Also, on, I'm uh, reacting to Neon Genesis Evangelion with Brian, from again, from Monstrosities on Fridays. Uh, I'm starting to do uh, uh, gaming again on my channel. I'm currently on my playthrough of Life is Strange 2, right before the new Life is Strange 2 Colors comes out this coming September 10th. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, TikTok, all under some sort of like Wildland Gaming. I'm on Twitch, WildGamer23. I haven't touched that in a bit, but I'm trying to get back into it. 
Um, I'm currently uh, editing for a few other channels. I'm making my appearances here on Nerd Cage as always. And um, yeah, I'm just having fun doing what I'm doing. We love having you here, man. So thank you for yeah, man. what you do for us. We always appreciate your help. Uh, Mark, anything you want to plug before we go? So, yeah. So once again, I mean, if you haven't yet uh, joined the NerdCage Live discussion group on Facebook, you know, it's it's a great place for us nerds to just be nerds. It's not just about the channel itself or about the shows. We invite other content creators to come and drop their content. Um, it's it's a place for us to actually have discussions about nerd culture, about what's happening in the movie industry and comics and cartoons and all that good stuff. Um, so, yeah. So so drop by. Give us a follow. Uh, we're also on Instagram and TikTok now. And, you know, uh, Wildband uh, just mentioned that we have a what if series like we we kind of have we kind of do quick, rapid reviews of the what if series. Uh, Jay and I also just did a rapid review of Shang-Chi that'll be up uh, within the next couple of days. We also dropped our uh, final look back of the summer, which is David Cronenberg's The Fly, 35th anniversary of that. So if you have not looked at that, check us out on YouTube. And uh, yeah, that's that's about all I got. <laughs> yeah. uh, real quick, uh, Joe and I, we're going to be on uh, Twitch, solely on Twitch. Well, we'll probably be Twitch and Facebook. We're not going to do YouTube. We're going to be on solely on Twitch for our first ever uh, live, you know, gaming. And we're we both agree that we're going to do Marvel versus Capcom 2. What better game, you know, with everything that we talk about on Nerdcage, what better game to play than Marvel versus Capcom 2, which is one of the best fighting games ever. Uh, I feel like the Marvel versus Capcom series hasn't reached that same, like, stratosphere that Marvel versus Capcom 2 established. I'm, I haven't played the game in probably a decade and I'm really looking forward to going to squaring off against Joe. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whoop his ass in front of everybody on the internet. Um, even though I haven't played in 10 years, I'm still confident in my ability that I'm really looking forward to playing Marvel vs. Capcom 2 live at 8 o'clock Tuesday on Nerdcage Live on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Nerdcage Live. Really looking forward to that. We have a lot more games and plans for that. Top of that, uh, just some stuff that's in the works right now. Again, if you guys missed the announcement on thursday and on twitch and everything else uh i am first and foremost we are gonna on the 23rd of september we're having tab monk 99 um he's gonna be on with us uh hold on my, my things my stream stream art just froze here um but yeah um leah montalongo the original sindel is gonna be on the 24th of september on friday eight o'clock uh so be there for that if you have any questions for uh Miss Matalango, please submit them, submit it to me, Mark, or Joe, and we'll make sure that your question gets asked on air. Because again, with this being a huge event, I don't know if we're gonna be able to keep up with the chat and during the interview and all that. Um, so please uh, mark your calendars for September 24th. Uh, again, rare opportunity, a live Q and A with the original Sindel, and you know she worked on Mortal Kombat 3, Mortal Kombat 4, mythologies, and. With Ed Boone and everything else, I cannot wait to hear her stories. She seems to be a wonderful lady. I watched her interview on other channels. Um, and a big special thank you to uh, Master Marquez for helping me arrange that. So we're very much looking forward to having Miss Montalongo, um, the original Sindel. And of course, the day before, on the 23rd, we're having Tabmunk99, who is like the biggest... Mortal Kombat, one of the OG Mortal Kombat YouTubers, he's agreed to come on. Really looking forward to chopping up with him, talking the Mortal Kombat movie, and of course, Battle of the Realms and everything else. Um, and then next week, 
Next Thursday, we're going to be doing our first ever live call-in show. We're going to be doing a StreamYard show. We're going to switch to StreamYard so, every, so it just makes it easier for me to invite people in. But um, it's going to be me, Titan, Goji, and of course, um, hopefully Big Jack will make it too. And it will give us the chance to have our fans of the show. And if you're fan of Titan, Goji, or Real Talk, or, um, or Big Jack... You're going to be give you the opportunity to hop on and talk to us face-to-face -face live. Um, so, yeah, we're going to have our first call-in show. So anyone can call in. Uh, you just click on the link. Make sure your camera and microphone's on and have a conversation with us. Talk to us about anything. That will be next Thursday, the 9th. Um, and, of course, the Planet of the Apes video is baking in the oven. I cannot wait to drop that. And there's something else baking in the oven. I'm not going to um, talk about that. It's going to be a surprise. There's a surprise video coming. Um, I'm not gonna say what it is. Mark can just it's, show it's, you. it's pretty awesome though. We're it's, working on it. It's yeah, gonna be it's really, gonna be really amazing. Dope. But yeah, but please definitely mark your calendar for Friday, September 24th. Again, Leah Montalongo. I am very excited that she's coming on to hang out with us. And again, childhood dream come true. Uh, she's awesome, and you know, I always love Sindel. Sindel is always a badass character. Uh, Joe, anything you want to plug in before we call tonight? Um, no, I think you pretty much covered it. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> you better you better get your uh, Marvel vs. Capcom skills up to date. All week. Ready, we're ready for this. All right, so again, thank you to everybody who came in on via Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitch to hang out with us to talk everything Shang Chi. I hope you guys had a blast doing it. Um, again, uh, we'll be back. Uh, you know. Uh, we'll be on Twitch on Tuesday, and we'll be back here on Thursday as well. So before we go, we ask you to pretty please like, comment, subscribe, ring that bell, spread that shit like Silva. So you guys say, from Syracuse, New York, Louisville, Kentucky, and Phoenix, Arizona, to all of our friends and fans around the world at Nerd Cage Live and at Wild Bandit, Fall in One Gaming, as always, everybody, enjoy Sayonara. life, stay safe, and good night. Sayonara. Trying to get out of the nerd cage, are ya? Well, before you go, hit that subscribe button. And if you're really intrigued, ring that bell. Thank you for dropping by. Until next time, tell everyone you know about Nerd Cage Live! <laughs>